0: If you dare.
2: This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on v the sports betting network. Hour number two of the nightcap here on Vsin Sean King over there at the Circus Sportsbook. I am Tim Murray, so, home side tonight at the home studios. Uh, before we bring on our next guest, Sean was kind enough to tweet out his Puckstradamus four-team parlay. The first two legs were home in the Lightning and the Panthers. Or sorry, Lan- Lightning and the Pens. How are we doing on the Panthers
1: and the Avs? We're down one goal. Um, There's about six minutes left. Uh, So so it's not over. Not ideal position to be in. Uh, Panthers goalie has had less than a stellar performance tonight. But, hey, there's still time. And the Panthers are one of the better offensive teams in the NHL. So I still believe we can tie it up and ultimately win it. Uh, did not anticipate this Stars team to play this motivated of a contest. I don't think they've played since December 20th. I was hoping that even though fresh, they'd be a little rusty. But uh very inspired effort by the Stars tonight so far. But hopefully they turn into the Stars here the last five minutes, 45 seconds of this game, and we can get us a Panthers win and ultimately a Puckstradamus victory on a Thursday.
2: Yeah, Cincinnati right now, you talk about playing inspired. I like what I see. They're up by 23 over SMUs, one won eight in a row, so hopefully that can uh, that can hold. All right, let's get back to the national championship. We've talked about it quite a bit. We will continue to break it down throughout the show today and into tomorrow as well. Uh, Monday night, can't get here soon enough. It's going to be phenomenal. Ty Hildenbrandt from the Solid Verbal Podcast joins us. Right now, and Ty, we saw these teams play back in December, um, and it, it felt like at the time that the public was all over Georgia. You know, what had you seen last? It was Alabama barely beating Auburn, and then they come in and they romp, Alab- uh, they romp Georgia. So now the the, the table or the the f- script is kind of flipped, and the public seems to be grabbing the points with Alabama. Do you think it's similar to what we saw down in, uh, in Atlanta in early December, or are we going to see a different game come Monday night in Indianapolis?
3: Yeah. Hey guys. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. Um, that's a really good question, Tim. So I, I think my stance on the matter is only a few things have really changed between then and now, right? There's obviously the, the whole issue of, the 17 point loss for georgia perhaps they come in with a little bit extra inspiration to avenge that loss they look really good in their game against michigan but outside of that i mean there's the injury to john mechie which will probably play some factor in this football game you know there are a few guys who may or may not be playing for alabama as well like all of that stuff to me feels important but at the same time not nearly important enough to make up for a 17 point gap so From my standpoint yes some things have changed but ultimately georgia still has to solve bryce young you still have to figure out a way to keep him in the pocket get more pressure on him and force the kid to make a mistake so from that standpoint i think i'm with the public here man i got to go bam plus three
2: how much do you trust stetson bennett you know it's funny because there's been a lot of criticisms on stetson bennett this year uh sean has actually defended him quite a bit Uh, And I just kind of uh, lean on him when it comes to quarterback analysis. And I thought he played a phenomenal game against Michigan. Now, can he do it in back-to-back games? Um, You know, obviously, uh, the back-breaking picks against Alabama have to be avoided this time around. He's not Bryce Young, uh, Captain Obvious, saying that. You know, he's not the Heisman Trophy winner. but. What level do you think Stetson Bennett can play to? Because we have seen some quarterbacks that, let's just be honest, aren't the greatest. Zach Calzada comes to mind that have had success this year against Alabama.
3: Yeah, you know, I I think I was Sean on this one. I, for a long time, was not a Stetson Bennett defender, but he's gotten better. Like, he really has gotten better. Over the course of the last year, and certainly since he played Alabama in 2020, when I think he threw three picks or something akin to that, um, you know, the two backbreaking interceptions in the SEC championship game, notwithstanding, I, I don't think he played a horrible football game in that effort. I think he certainly has the trust of his team. I'm curious to see if they find ways to put him on the run a little bit more, because one of the things that we've seen in his arsenal is that he can move. And for sure, those are some legs that he could use in a game against Alabama where he was under duress the first time around. So I think, look, to your point, you don't have to be all world everything to move the football on this Alabama defense. They've proven that you can move the ball on them, but they have to put him in a position, Georgia does. So that he's not making mistakes he's not throwing those types of interceptions that are going to cost the team the game uh, i think he can play a really good football game i don't think his first showing against bambo was all that bad about a month ago he just needs to clean up some of that dumb stuff and if he can that's what Georgia needs to make this a closer game and potentially win
1: ty hildenbrand on the nightcap from the solid verbal podcast ty here's the issue with stetson bennett and I think from a talent standpoint, that's what Tim was referring to as far as you know me being a supporter, I think he has the ability. The one thing I didn't see in the Michigan game was him have to face adversity. I mean, if Kirby Smart could have drawn up how he wanted the Georgia-Michigan semifinal to go, it would have been exactly how it played out. Georgia came out, jumped out to a lead, kind of cruised the rest of the game. My question for you is, can Stetson hold up when – There is adversity when Georgia's down and he has to make a big throw on third down under duress, under pressure, those are the questions that I have regarding the Georgia quarterback. Based on what you've seen this year, you know, what's your opinion of how he's going to handle those tense moments?
3: Yeah, and that was sort of the knock. That's a good point, Sean. That was sort of the knock on him coming into the playoff game, or I should say, at least among those who were siding with Michigan, right? What has this defense or what has his offense really seen, right? And there have been moments here and there where maybe they've hit a bit of a speed bump, but by and large, it's been pretty smooth sailing most of the way. What's interesting is, I think, if you go back and look at that SEC title game, the two picks that Stetson Bennett threw, one, he was under duress. He was facing some adversity, at least in the moment, kind of threw off his short leg back into coverage. That was the first pick. The second is, it, you know, they were trying to play from behind. He's trying to make a throw and he was just straight up fooled on the defensive coverage. The safety just jumped, jumped a slant and took it to the house. So I think the issue for stephen Bennett is he needs to prove in those moments, as you've said, that he is not going to have that momentary hiccup and he's going to play within himself. Either he's going to run the football or he's going to throw something more high percentage instead of trying to make that big play. That's one of the things that we've seen with him. Like he clearly can throw that deep ball with precision. He did it in the playoff game against Michigan. But this is a guy who wants to go downfield. He's trying to make a big play. And there are going to be plenty of moments against Alabama where you just can't do that. You got to take what defense gives you. So I think he's got the talent, but I think he needs to remember to play with it himself.
1: Now, Ty, the first game had a total of 49, and the final score flew over the total. I think it was 65. It ended up – this game is sitting at 52. Do you have a strong opinion on if the viewers, listeners, should play or be leaning towards the over 52 or under 52, or you haven't gotten there yet?
3: I think the score that I predicted on my show came in right around – 51, 52, 53 points. So it was right on the number side. I don't think I have a strong opinion on that. I think my stronger opinion is probably on Alabama plus three. Um, the number feels about right to me. So I think I'd stay away. Chad,
2: once again with Ty Hildenbrand from the Solid Verbal Podcast. Uh, certainly something that was brought up heading into the Cincinnati game was not an issue. Uh, but what be brought up again here uh, for the national championship is the loss of John Mechie. You know, we know Jamison Williams is the home run threat. You know, 20 yards per uh, catch this season, 15 touchdowns. John Mechie was that possession guy, right? 11 yards per catch, but 96 receptions, team leader there. He went down and was lost midway through the SEC championship game. Ja'Cory Brooks stepped up, made some big plays. Um, It's a drop-off, but is it something that Alabama is able to withstand having no John Mechie
3: on Monday night? I, I think it is. I am curious to see, though, if the offense is designed differently because with Mechie out, clearly that means if you're Georgia, you can devote some extra resources to stopping Jameson Williams. Now, the problem with that, Is Jameson Williams can do a bunch of different things for you. He's not just a burner in that he's going to run a go every time he gets out there. There were plenty of instances this season. We saw it in the playoff game. We saw it again. If you go back a month in that SEC title game, where they just throw him a quick screen pass right, and he runs 55 yards or his first touchdown of the game was really just a short slant that he caught around midfield and then just ran through the defense. So There are a number of different ways that they can bring him into play here um, that I think it's most important. They find ways to keep feeding him the football. That's part of the reason why I haven't seen a a player prop on this yet. I'm sure someone will have it. I like the over in yardage for Jameson Williams, because I just think he's going to remain such a key in this offense, regardless of whether Mechie's out there or not. Um, What I'm curious to see is, first and foremost, how they find ways to get him involved, even if Georgia is trying to double cover him. Secondly, to the point of Mechie being out, maybe that possession guy, he was the leader in receptions and targets for this offense. You know, there are other guys, as you said, on Alabama. This is still a very, very talented roster. A guy like a Slade Bolden goes relatively unnoticed amid this cast of characters, but that's another guy who can step up and play that possession role, not quite. The game John Mechie is, but they can do a lot of the same stuff.
2: We got to run. There he is. Ty Hildenbrand from the Solid Verbal Podcast right here on the nightcap.
0: If you dare. This is the Nightcap
2: on VSN, the sports betting network. Thanks to Ty Hildenbrand from the Solid Verbal Podcast for jumping on to preview the national championship. Sean's raising the roof over there. Park Stradamus uh, is
1: alive.
2: Yeah. We have uh, overtime
1: in know. Dallas.
2: Let the people know what's going we on. We
1: have overtime in Dallas. The Florida Panthers pulled the goalie with about two minutes left. We had two point blank chances. One great save by the Stars goalie. The other one found the back of the net. It's now 5-5. Five, five. The Puck pick four is alive and well as we move to the playoffs. I need all of the good karma, all of the great energy. You guys can hit me up on Twitter at Real King. Let's get this thing home, because Colorado's be up four-one with nine minutes left in the third. So I don't want to mush that game, but I feel strongly that I'd rather be up four-one than down four-one. Well, we gotta. What is it? Three-on-three three in overtime in hockey. So yeah. Panthers, let's go! It's uh, first goal wins. Let's make this thing happen.
2: Yeah, you've had. Um, I don't even want to say it. I don't want to say it. I was gonna say something. I don't want to be accused of being a mush. Uh, but uh, well, I don't so... believe
1: in mushes. So I mean, I'm uh, not. I'm well, not. A, uh, I'm not. Because a...
2: you are the mush.
1: So <laughs> I'm trying to discredit that term. Is that possible? Can I go against like um, years and years of like sports book and and gambling like monikers and eliminate the mush?
2: You know we had you even had a person on on social media, Sean. Yeah, I haven't
1: checked Twitter. Let me take a uh, peek.
2: That said, maybe you should uh, be suspended for the mush. Yeah, I don't
1: know. <laughs> I saw that.
2: <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Bill, I, I I tweeted Bill uh, Bill A.D., our COO. Yeah, I saw I,
1: that. I, I saw that. Yeah,
2: I just I don't know. I mean, got his thoughts on it.
1: Yeah, he didn't um, agree, he didn't agree with you.
2: No, he didn't. No. Um, yeah, I got a tweet just a moment ago. Big Mo said, "Not even Sean can mush your Cincinnati bet tonight." So. <laughs> Ah, uh, the Bearcats up sixty five to forty three so we're we're willing that one home. So uh, keep us posted. I don't have this game on, like I said, I only got one screen in the uh so they're about uh, to
1: start overtime. so I just need Florida to score first. You know it's three on three. Florida's an elite offensive team. Uh, hopefully right. I would think they would have the advantage here.
2: You know, I right. know I feel like I need to find this game somewhere so I can so I can watch along. I don't even want to you know, change the subject because you're going to be your eyes and your, your, your focus is solely going to be on this. We know it's going to a shootout. We, how many times, No, no, no,
1: no, no. They got almost five minutes of of overtime. They got four and a half left. So shootouts only if you get through overtime unscathed. So, you know, hopefully Florida gets a breakaway here and we go ahead and and close this thing out. Uh, I'm not in favor of a shootout if I can win it in overtime. So, well, sure. To set the stage, there are four minutes and 13 seconds to go in overtime. The game is tied 5-5. Puck Stradamus gave out a four-team hockey parlay tonight. This is, in all reality, the, the last leg that we're waiting on. It's 5-5. We need the Florida Panthers to win. Um, so hopefully we can get the desired result.
2: All right. I, I'm pulling up the game right now. I'm pulling it up on my computer. We're gonna be we're gonna be watching it with you. Um, Let's
1: go, Panthers!
2: Pulling pull for Sean's pockets there, and there's no uh, way
1: Cincinnati can lose tonight. I mean, they're up twenty-one with seven minutes left. So
2: you could try to mush me all I'm you not want. I'm trying
1: to mush you. I'm you mush. positive positive reinforcement. They're you, playing you a great mush. game of basketball. Uh-oh, now they're only up nineteen. But there's no way they can. <laughs>
2: Dude. As soon as you say anything, <laughs> nah, we nah. start getting a run from nah, the opposite. Nah, nah, nah. They're,
1: they're going to win it. They're if, going to win it.
2: If Cincinnati blows this one, uh, you're you're on the hook. Um, but uh, while you while you sweat out the Panthers and the Stars, yes, yeah, because I am going to watch
1: the game. So can you kind of vamp for a little bit? <laughs>
2: I mean, I guess that's the beauty of of doing a night show when all these games are going on, you get to sweat it out uh, with all of us. Yeah. Uh, so, and this ben, is, you this did tweet a, there this There
1: multiple people on Twitter today that said that they tagged along, that they've been hearing about Pucs Adamus, that the See? buzz is out, that, you know, he's the the guy you go to, you know, to to have scintillating hockey action during the week. Now, hopefully we can win some money as well. I don't like the fact that the Panther skaters look, a slightly fatigued here, but uh.
2: <laughs> so just to remind people, uh, Sean tweeted out, I, "You know, once again the." Uh...
1: By the way, the Avalanche scored again. It's five-one. Can I take a goal from the Avalanche and give it to uh, Florida? Transfer it over. Yeah, absolutely. Come on. All Florida, of the, the all uh, of the that poking... side. Good
2: God! All of the poking and prodding of Sean uh, has. Has bared fruit now for the second straight night. He has tweeted out his his parlay that he will fire. And tonight it was Lightning, Penguins, Panthers, and Avalanche.
1: Avalanche on the puck line? Uh, No, I have everybody just straight. Straight up. Yes. What I do not like is that the majority of overtime has been played on the Panthers side. Uh, We need to get the action. The other direction, if possible, uh, they have about six shots on goal in overtime. I don't think the Panthers have one. So, the law of averages say that if this keeps up, uh, that won't be a good result for Puck damas So, we have a stoppage in play. Panthers are going to get three new fresh skaters on the ice. Uh, we have about a minute 49 get, left to dodge in overtime.
2: We're getting live play-by-play. Yes, this of, entire
1: uh, overtime has been played on the Panthers into the ice that's not good by the I way think- for those uh, rooting for the Vegas Knights which I was not tonight I bet the Rangers they just scored they take a 3-1 lead this will be a great win for Vegas who's been struggling slightly in their last three four games because the Rangers are thought of by a lot of people to be you know one of the if not the best one of the top two three teams in hockey right now so
2: You just went quiet well i'm we, just watching they... the
1: hockey game oh oh we got yeah. a shot oh we got a breakaway let's go let's go florida boom no we missed it oh my <laughs> goodness oh he missed it we got what we wanted we had a breakaway not
2: being in studio right now with you to, to kind of pull in the
1: rain oh what a is... play get in there oh how did he miss that i mean this guy's a magic a magician with the puck Okay, we're on the right end now. It's a minute six left. Let me reset the game. It's still tied at five. Okay, the Panthers have taken the puck back to mid-ice. They're regrouping. Okay, here we go. We've got a little three-man weave for you basketball fans going. It's what Tim's team used to work on in JV. Panthers are there. Can we get a shot on goal, guys? A lot of fancy handling of the puck going on, but no shots seem to be headed towards the, the Dallas netminder. Okay. We have 33 seconds left, uh, and the Panthers just turned the ball over. So, at least we wasted puck. some time. Puck. Yeah. We wasted some time. They, they, they handled the puck all fancy, He didn't actually get a shot on goal, but they do have it now. Uh-oh. Oh, man. Get back on defense. Okay, there we go. 12 you seconds. You in looks a, shootout right a shootout right now going to be something. Oh! He almost turned it over. Oh, my gosh. Uh-oh, we got, oh, we got a two-on-one. Come on. No way this ends like this. Oh, what a play by the Panthers goalie. Oh, what a play. <laughs> he heads into overtime with confidence. Okay, we've got overtime. Are we going to the shootout yet? Yes, we're going to the shootout now. We're in overtime. And everybody. We've had... everybody on the ice looks like they take a tie right now. Just to get some oxygen. Like everybody looks tired. We um <laughs> Oh, he had a breakaway and missed it. Oh my goodness. Oh.
2: Well, there you go. Uh now if you if you wanted to know what's going on in the Panthers Stars game on January sixth, you've you've gotten a full breakdown from Sean King, breaking down uh what will likely be the uh the sweatiest line or the sweatiest Piece of his four leg parlay uh, right now. So
1: uh, shootout coming. Yeah, the Avalanche were up five one with four minutes left. I mean, we're in a shootout in Florida and Dallas. Can the Panthers win a shootout? I guess we'll find out shortly.
2: Yeah, you've you've sweated out. I think at least two shootouts here on the show. We're 3 0
1: so far. So
2: Is it 3 0?
1: Yeah, we're 3 and 0 so far. Hopefully, we get to 4 and 0.
2: All right. Well, I guess we'll I was going to talk some football, but apparently you doing play-by-play of uh, of a shootout is we is what we got an we're hour and get. a
1: half left. You got plenty of time to get into your football.
2: <laughs> get into my Right now, football.
1: America is focused on Panthers versus Stars National Hockey League.
2: All right. That is That is what America is focused on. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. Who will win this shootout? I don't know. We'll find out on the other side. It's the nightcap.
3: This is the nightcap on v the sports betting network.
2: If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Head over to slash podcast. Get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. We've also got Hardwood Handicappers, The Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more, like our show, The Nightcap. They're all free, available now, vsincom slash podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, the last uh, segment was was quite the treat, uh, as my partner over there, Sean King, was sweating out life and death. His Dallas Stars play on the Puckstradamus uh, money line. actually had the Panthers to try to close out a four-leg parlay. Lightning Penguins. Avalanche are still playing, but they're up like 100-to-1, what happened in the shootout, Sean?
1: Well, I think the Panthers forgot you have to actually make goals in the shootout to win it. <laughs> There's no way possible. Otherwise, uh, hey, shout out to the Dallas Stars. They played a motivated game tonight, coming off of a layoff. Looks like, you know, the fresher legs prevailed. It happens. Puck Shaddamas will be back at it tomorrow. And I, I feel kind of bad because I started to not take both big favorites. And I was thinking that the Minnesota wild who lost the uh, special outdoor game to the blues, you mm-hmm. know, will come back with a uh, inspired effort and I put Panthers on there instead of them, but that's okay. We will get back to the drawing board. We will have a Puck winner for you all tomorrow.
2: Well, and once again, like I said, I'm, I'm proud of you. You're giving it out uh, to the good people. Uh, you're letting the people know, Sean, that's the important part. Yes. Uh, my play uh, hopefully mush-free for the final 3:43. <laughs> Cincinnati up 16 right now, 72 to 56 over SMU. Uh, Darren Pritchett on uh, on Twitter up there in in South Bend, Indiana. Uh, Les <laughs> tweeted us and said, "Sean King is what Harry Carey would sound like hosting a sports betting show." <laughs>
1: Uh, I think that's a compliment. Harry Carey did it for a Yeah, time. I mean,
2: one of the greatest yeah.
1: broadcasters ever. You know, icon. You know, uh, that's awesome. Thank you for the compliment. He also, he,
2: also uh, he used to throw back some uh, old styles when he would be calling uh, when he'd be calling Cubs games. So, um, you know, I I'm curious to get your take on this situation. We had Johnny Avello on earlier in the show. About talking about player props this week, mm-hmm. and you know, DraftKings is certainly a, a spot um, where they have plenty. And you know, look around and uh, congrats to uh, to New York. I believe they'll be up and running come Saturday with DraftKings and and uh, other providers there in New York mobile wagering. So that's certainly exciting on that front. Um, but the the player props and the incentives are, are so fascinating, Sean. And, you know, take us into the locker room in Buffalo. Stephon Diggs needs six catches to earn $1.55 million. He also needs 231 yards, which is quite the uh, task. But the six receptions, you've been there before. Is Stephon Diggs uh, telling Josh Allen, how does this play out in the locker room?
1: Well, you definitely know, you know, because generally these are your friends, your family, you know, it's this group of guys like you go to battle with, you know, on the football field week in and week out. So there's communication constantly. Uh, Even if Stephon Diggs hasn't told Josh Allen prior to this, one of the other receivers has mentioned it, hey, you know, Diggs only needs six catches. You know, ultimately, to me, it's all about the offensive play caller in Buffalo, because if I'm the OC in Buffalo, because Diggs is already such an integral part of what we're doing, why not in the first two drives, you know, throw him two screens and a quick game pass? And let's let's get him in rhythm. You know, let's go ahead and, and get him closer to that number. So, you know, then organically, you know, he'll probably get to it after that, you know, either way. But I think getting him catches early in the game, because you can design screens. You can put him in the left slot and throw a bubble to him. You can put him as the – you know, outside receiver on the right and throw some kind of tunnel screen early. You know, there's a bunch of ways you can get guys the ball, you know, especially, you know, when you're designing a way to attack the defense. So, you know, uh, I think he gets it. To ask, is he cognizant of it? Absolutely. You know, I know Brady knows. You know, Uh, and I I think A.B. got frustrated last week. One of the things that was frustrating him is he was, I think, three catches away. But Gronk, now you see, is now seven. So, you know... He was trying to get both of those guys to where he could get them over, you know, their thresholds, you know, in week uh, 17 or week 18 game 17. So I I truly think Gronk will get targeted early and often, you know. Um, and AJ Green's the, the the actual yards totals are a little more difficult to to guarantee, you know. That's more the the receiver. Are you going to be able to get yards after the catch? you know but the receptions you know are pretty easy. You know, I can you can get a guy receptions if that's what you're aiming to do.
2: I'd be really curious to see what uh bookmakers uh odds makers put the for Stefan Diggs. Well, Stefan Diggs is the one for me that is the most that's the easiest one to get. You know, he's he's had 6 catches in 9 games this year and you know, last week he didn't have 6 catches. He had 5. I mean, if you're Josh Allen, even if Stefan Diggs hasn't personally come up to you, I mean, you know it, and it's a lot of money. I mean, that's $1.55 yeah, million. And that bucks.
1: incentive is a lot, you know, more, <laughs> you know, that that's a huge incentive. I mean, Rex Burkhead, 125000 not to, you know, snub my nose to that, but, but those guys are making big money. You know, that's probably not an egregious offense, you know, if he doesn't get it, but Actually, 1.55, you know, that that's, you know, that's extremely significant and it's reachable. You know, that's yeah. the thing that, you know, you know, makes it, you know, one of those things you're going to go out and try and get it accomplished. You know, if it was 16 receptions, then you'd be like, ah, you know, we really got to try something. But six receptions is not hard, especially when you're trying to get digs the ball. Now, I know the owner's probably upstairs like, boy, it sure be great to rush for 350 today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> does, he, does he have the bat phone up there? Just yeah, call him down yeah. uh, to Josh Allen be like, um, yeah, we're uh, we're not throwing the ball anymore.
1: <laughs> like, can you take a – now, the, the difficult part in this, and this is why I feel like you have to get Diggs catches early in the game, is because Buffalo is a double-digit favorite, right? They're playing – who's Buffalo playing this week?
2: Uh, they're playing
0: um, – uh, who are they? Hold on. I'm looking it up, too.
2: I mean, it's, uh, they're playing the Jets.
1: They're playing the Jets. So they're sizable favorites. They're actually yeah, 16 up 16. 16 and a half. Here's why you have to get Diggs catches early. Because if the game gets out of hand, you know, let's say they go into the half, Buffalo's up 21-0, and they come out and score the first drive of the, 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 second, of the third period. It's not likely that Josh Allen and those guys are gonna stay in the game. So that's why, to me, if you're gonna to want to guarantee that he gets it, you got to get him catches early. You know, because if he's one away, then they'll go out of their way to get him that catch. But if if it's halftime and they're up and he only has two and he needs four more, you know, that's where it kind of gets tricky because now you're trying to balance: do we risk? getting our best wide receiver injured to get a bonus, which we're going to make that money up if we win the Super Bowl like we think we can, you know, when you get into all those conversations.
2: Yeah, I think Diggs is a pretty safe bet. If that, if, if the market opens five and a half, I, I think you got you got to
1: pound the There's over. There's no way they don't make it six and a half, right?
2: I would think they would make it six and a half.
1: Yeah, they, they have to make yeah, it I, six I and a
2: half. Think, yeah. And I still think six and a half might be looked to the over. What about Gronk? Because they're not good. Gronk is seven.
1: Gronk will Gronk uh, will have ten catches.
2: And you know, last week he had seven catches for 155 yards against the Jets. Yeah, he'll have uh, he'll, I, he'll get the that, seven.
1: That's yeah, what Brady and does. Player,
2: and I can tell you one thing, Sean. His player prop will not be seven. I mean, it'll be four and a half.
1: You know, five and a oh, half. Oh yeah, he I mean, definitely catches seven balls. One hundred percent. this is what Bra- that- historically this is what Brady's done. Brady gets his guys these bonuses. Then he doesn't have to buy him anything for Christmas.
2: 85 yards and seven receptions. So last week against the jets Gronk had seven catches for a buck 55. He's gone over 85 yards, one, two, just three times this year. Yeah. I think now the 85
1: yards, again, the yardage totals are harder to speculate on, but the catches he'll have seven catches. I mean, barring somebody getting injured, he'll have seven catches. That's So let's say the market's
2: that, Sean, let's say the market's Gronk four and a half and Diggs six and a half. Is Gronk a better bet?
1: I think you just parlay the two and get the extra value because I think they both go over. Although in Buffalo, you always have to check the weather. Make sure it's not like that New England Patriot Buffalo game weather where the winds are angry.
2: It is the nightcap here on VSIN. We'll talk some Raiders Chargers coming up top of the hour right here on VSIN.
0: If you dare.
1: This
3: is the nightcap on Ven the Sports Betty Network.
2: Vison has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all-new big game, big dance special provides Vison Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only 69 bucks. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to Vison.com with our exclusive Betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year. Don't miss out on one of our best deals. VEASAN.com slash big deal. Sign up today. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Chargers and Raiders. Sunday night football at Allegiant Stadium. Win and in. Or if there is a... What is it? If if the Jaguars beat the Colts, I believe the situation is if they tie, they both get in, Sean. So maybe some shenanigans come Sunday night football? If the Jaguars can somehow uh, beat the Colts,
1: could be crazy. Did you uh, consume something during the break that his <laughs> –
2: but Trevor Lawrence is going to Do you think that Jacksonville is
1: capable of winning an NFL football game currently?
2: The line has come down, Sean. Down to 14 and a half. Yeah. Are the, ja- the, the hook is gone. I mean, the money's coming in at Circa where you sit. It's out of 14.
1: Yeah, that they aren't going to lose by 17. It's not coming in that they're going to win outright. And listen, I don't I don't think there's a player on the Jacksonville plane that's going to get off tomorrow and be like, I can't wait to play Saturday. I think every player gets off that plane is gonna be like, man, I'm so glad we play Saturday because Sunday I'll be in Tahiti or the Maldives or Tulum.
2: They play. They play Sunday at home. They're gonna be fired My up. Bad. Great crowd. I'm sure it won't be. Same thing. Um, same
1: thing applies. Same thing applies.
2: Oh man. Does let me ask you about that game because. The number coming down is interesting to me at Circa. Uh, still at other spots sitting at 15 and a half, which is you know, kind of a deadish number. What do you expect from Indianapolis? Do you think they come out? I mean, the crazy part is is they've actually struggled in Jacksonville historically. Remember last year, they opened up this season, lost to the Jaguars, and the Jaguars followed it up by losing the next 15 games.
1: It's a glorified uh, scrimmage. What do you think the attendance is going to be? in Jacksonville uh maybe 20,000 actual or announced actual maybe 20,000 total
2: yeah I was gonna say I was thinking 22,000 that was my guess yeah like it's not
1: I would not be surprised let's just say this if Jonathan Taylor gets to 2,000 yards and I know how far (laughs) away he is how many does he need I think 200 and something Jonathan Taylor
2: right now has 1734, so he needs 266 yards. Yep, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> that would be uh, that'd be something. Um, so the Colts, if they if they win, they're in. Well, they won. We've talked about them a lot.
1: Out of all the games you know, that they're... I'm unsure of, this isn't one of them.
2: Are you going to lay it with the Colts?
1: No, not going to bet this game.
2: You just, you just know they'll win.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they win. What about twenty? What game on the
2: board? We, Sean, we got our bankroll now. I think we need to uh, include the national championship in our bankroll. I think that's
1: fair.
2: (laughs) We have, we have tried to keep it to football. That' well, and hockey lines won't be out. I know.
1: I'm just looking at the NFL slate. I mean,
2: I don't know what you play. Like, I I, I think ultimately, you know, I, and we'll talk to uh, Adam coming up top of the hour. I think, I mean, if you want to legitimately play a, a side in Chargers Raiders, I think that's fair. Rams 49ers, that's fair. Um, other than that, man, here's the I don't problem know.
1: in the majority of these games. With four minutes left in the third period, I don't know exactly who my money is going to be dependent upon. You know, because even though I think a lot of teams are going into these games, you know, thinking one thing, based on the flow and the actuality of how the game is going, it could change drastically on who's in, who's out. You know, you just don't know some of these things. So it's kind of, a legitimate dilemma when you're deciding, okay, who am I going to play? You know, if the Chiefs are up 14, they're up two touchdowns with seven minutes left in the game. But they have the ball. I mean, is that Mahomes still in the game? Or who is Chad Henney their backup still? I mean, you know, so it's a lot of things, you know, that I'm trying to, you know, navigate. And I haven't really found the comfort. I do think the Bucks are kind of a sure bet. To win by you think they cover? at least double digits, yeah, I, th- I think they do. I mean, with everything going on down there, the last thing they want to be is in a dogfight with Carolina. I mean that
2: that's one of the the more unique line moves of the week.
1: It's back up. It's, it went up now, right? It's back, it, it's
2: up to it, Tampa it, at nine, it, isn't it? Yeah, it ticked up here at circa at nine, still eight, pretty much across the board. But you know, for Tampa. They can't get the number one seed, as we know.
1: But the two um, seed is so important.
2: But they ha- they have to play next week. So there's, you know, there's there's a rest component. You got a forty four year old quarterback. You're all banged up. You know, to your point, if they're up fourteen late in that game, do they take out the starters and just kind of cruise in for a victory? I, I don't know. And that's what's so hard about this week.
1: Yeah, I I just – they'll have their eye on the scoreboard in uh, Rams for 49ers. They want to have an idea what's going on in that game. Yeah. You know, but I do say you have to look at it like this as well. Brady's trying to get some timing, you know, with some of these new wide receivers that they're going to have to depend on come playoff time because of Chris Godwin's injury and Antonio Brown's dismissal. So there is, you know, that aspect, too, where you're trying to, you know, get game reps with some of these younger guys, you know, for one, to get Brady a little more comfortable with them, but also to get them some confidence. You know, you want them, you know, confident going into next week, no matter who the opponent is. So I can see a scenario where Tampa is out there still playing their regular offense up 14 in the fourth quarter in this game, you know, just getting reps. You know they're probably not as worried about an injury to Brady because Brady gets rid of the ball. I think he's like one of the in the bottom ten percent of least sacked quarterbacks in the National Football League this year. So, you know it's not like it's been a situation where he's been getting hit a lot. And uh, I'm pretty sure Carolina has went ahead and they they they've moved on to next year, even though they have to play it out. Justin
2: Fields putting the uh, in COVID protocols today for I Chicago. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. This is likely. This could be. You know, uh, Joe Corey wrote an article. Former agent, now works for CBS Sports, lives in Vegas. We need to get him in studio at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wrote an article essentially saying, uh, if if Spielman's gone and Zimmer's gone, Kirk's gone, and it's a big cap hit, but. Kirk he is sees playing, that right? Moving
1: on. What's that? Kirk is playing in this game. Yeah, right? yeah. I thought so.
2: This might be his. This might be his last game.
1: Yeah, I thought this was a, a strong lean towards the Vikings, just because this is the kind of game that Kirk goes out and throws for 360 and four touchdowns. So then, like anybody that's like, they should move on. You know, the king kind of silences the critics going into the offseason.
3: In yeah, some kind of uh, way, in
1: some kind of way, ends up with another extension. This is like straight out of the Kirk Cousins autobiography right here.
2: <laughs> hey, don't hate the player, hate the game, no, man. I'm not
1: knocking Kirk at all, man. And statistically, Kirk's earned every penny, you know, when it comes to just individual statistics. I mean, he's in the top That's a- 15, 20% of active quarterbacks in the last five years as far as yards, passing, touching, you know, all those kind of metrics that, you know, people – utilized to see who's playing at a high level so like statistically he deserves it all
2: yeah i mean the defense has been a massive disappointment in minnesota but i, I kind they've of agree injured. with you they've that... been banged
1: up a lot but
2: yeah uh i kind of agree with you that minnesota might be uh the way to look in this one but it, it's a t- it's tough sledding well i'm curious to see what uh what sean king rolls out with his On my bankroll uh bankroll tomorrow
1: i got Back. holes last week man i put together three unbelievable money line plays and i still don't know how baltimore lost came through with the cardinals but i still don't know how baltimore lost
2: well i followed your lead you know under seven always take the money line i took on the money line they lose by three of course would have been a push would have made money all right we'll talk some raiders top of the hour adam hill next right here on visa
0: If you dare.